Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte clear liners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you could pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. One, two, three, four. Those are numbers, but you already knew that. If you want to know what number you're going to pay each month for your car... Use Kelly Blue Book My Wallet on Auto Trader. They're really good at numbers. Auto Trader. Seeing her in that pain, we knew something wasn't right. You know, it wasn't something we've seen before. She was in more pain than that. A Florida family is facing off against a children's hospital in a court of law. The Kowalskis say treatment at that hospital led to irreparable harm for their family, while the hospital says they didn't do anything unreasonable at all. Now the plaintiff himself has taken the stand. We're bringing you five key moments from Jack Kowalski's testimony. Welcome to Sidebar, presented by Law & Crime. I'm Jesse Weber. As you may know, we've been covering the story of Maya Kowalski out in Florida, who's actually the subject of a Netflix show called Take Care of Maya. And right now, there is an intense trial happening with the Kowalski family claiming that a hospital is responsible for the death of the family matriarch. Very serious accusations being levied here. So to recap, let's go back to 2015. Maya Kowalski was just nine years old when she was diagnosed with CRPS, Complex Regional Pain Syndrome. And what this is, is a neurological condition in which a person's body misinterprets even light touches as excruciating pain. So as you can imagine, it causes stiffness, spasms, limited mobility, really, really difficult condition that I'll tell you before this case, I had not known about. I'm not sure a lot of people know about it. Well, the family's doctor had previously treated Maya with ketamine. And it's our understanding that what that does is it blocks someone's pain receptors and it can try to normalize the body in a way. It's not a miracle cure. There still can be flare-ups. And according to the Kowalskis, that's what happened in 2016. Maya had a flare-up and it was so bad that her parents, Jack and Beata, checked their daughter into Johns Hopkins All Children's Hospital in St. Petersburg, Florida. Yada allegedly told the hospital to treat Maya with ketamine because it had worked for her in the past. But according to the lawsuit, the hospital staff refused to follow the family's instructions. And on top of that, the family says that the hospital, they lacked experience with CRPS in general. The family claims that hospital staff were suspicious of Maya's family because the ketamine treatment seemed so extreme. In fact, the lawsuit argues that the hospital suspected Maya might be a victim of child abuse and that this was a case of Munchausen syndrome by proxy, basically saying that Beata was suffering from a condition in which she was faking or causing her daughter's illness. Now, according to the complaint, a hospital social worker contacted the Florida Department of Children and Families to report Beata and refused to let Maya leave the hospital. So Maya was taken into state custody, remained in the hospital. She didn't see her family for three months. Maya herself told People Magazine that she was, quote, medically kidnapped. This separation took a massive toll on Maya's family. 
The complaint reads, quote, the resulting prolonged separation from their suffering daughter manifested in Beata's depression, fatigue, and overwhelming sense of hopelessness. And sadly, in January of 2017, Beata died by suicide. It was only six days later after that that Maya was officially released back to her family. The lawsuit against the hospital is based on multiple claims, false imprisonment, negligent and intentional infliction of emotional distress, medical negligence, battery, and it's reported that the family is seeking over $200 million in damages. Now, this trial is to figure out if this whole series of events could have been prevented, whether the hospital contributed to Beata's suicide. So now with all of that in mind, let's go to the latest in the case. And that is that Jack Kowalski, the father of Maya and her brother Kyle, widower of Beata, he took the stand. And he talked about his late wife, and he talked about the family's interactions with the hospital. So he says Beata, who was a nurse herself, did everything she could to figure out why her daughter was in so much pain. Jack described what it was like for Maya before she went into the hospital. Being in the house and hearing your kid screaming 24-7, there's nothing that we could do. Was Um, she, was this every night at this point? It was most mostly throughout the day and night. Um, after hearing that Bonnie Rice saying it's conversion disorder, this child was screaming and crying. If she took a shower, the droplets of the water would make her scream. You put a sheet over her legs, it, she would scream. She had to be assisted on the toilet, and she would scream. She'd look out the window, see her friends playing, and you knew that she's not faking this. Did I ever think she was faking at first? It was like a light switch where, you know, all of a sudden everything changed. It's like, it's, it's, it is just so unbelievable that something could happen that quick. Yeah, it's hard to imagine, right? It's hard to imagine what that's like for Maya and what that's like for her family hearing that. And by the way, the jury is hearing all that too. And that definitely adds a level of sympathy to the plaintiff's case. Now, another key moment from his testimony came when Jack's attorney asked him about the ketamine treatment and whether the Kowalskis wanted Maya to stay at Johns Hopkins All Children's Hospital. That's not just the sound of that first sip of Morning Joe. It's the sound of someone shopping for a car on Carvana from the comfort of home. That's a good blend. It's time to take it easy, like answering some easy questions to get pre-qualified for a car in minutes. Talk about starting the morning right. Just like customizing your terms so your car fits your budget. Mm, mm, mm. Visit Carvana.com or download the app to experience car shopping the way it should be. Convenient. Comfortable. Ah. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. The doctors, no matter who, but the doctors agree that on this evening of October 7th that they would continue the ketamine program. 
they continued with ketamine. I don't know the exact dosage, but they did treat her with some ketamine. Was it your intention to stay there, or did you want to leave? We wanted to leave. We wanted to go and get our treatment. Were they telling you anything about the reasons why you shouldn't leave? Again, object to the, the vagueness. And the Were the doctors telling you anything about why you should leave or stay? Well, he clarified it to the doctors, so you can answer that. I believe that their justification was weaning off. Uh, weaning Maya off of what? I don't know if it was the ketamine or whatever. But the... Then on the 8th, uh, what did you do? Did you continue to try to get yourselves out of there? We wanted to get out of there, yes. Did you lobby the doctors to we... get out of there? Yes. And uh, Why didn't we... you just get up and go? We were told if we left, we would be arrested. That, I imagine, definitely helps and adds support to the false imprisonment count of the complaint. Jack also talked about the impact that Maya's hospital stay had on the whole family, but especially her mom and his wife, Yada. How was it in terms of the stress on you and your wife, knowing, as you've just testified, that you needed to get your daughter out for treatment and you were being kept in, that she was being kept in. It was extremely stressful. Extremely. And what was the fear there in terms of Maya's condition as she lay there? Uh, the fear was that she's going to deteriorate, which she did. Not only did I see her deteriorate, I seen my wife. I go to the hospital, I see my child deteriorating. I go home, I see my wife deteriorating. Can you tell the jury, did Beata's condition remain the same from what you saw as a husband, or did it continue to deteriorate? I was asked by Dr. Kit, or I'm sorry, Dr. Duncan, why is Beata so upset, and why can she not calm down? And I thought about that, and I remember, it, I'll say this real quick, but my nephew and I were fishing, and he accidentally caught a baby alligator. And he re was reeling in, and the mother came out of the water and chased us on a picnic table. <laughs> and I told Dr. Duncan, I said, that's Beata. Her child is on the seventh floor, and she wants her child back. And it's very important for the jury to hear that when we address the issues of intentional or negligent infliction of emotional distress, especially poignant there. And to add to that, Jack says that the hospital staff continued to be suspicious of Beata, even when the family brought in religious items. From the best of your knowledge, did you or anyone else uh, do anything that was against the hospital's rules? No, we brought holy water. She had her wafers she had her cross or the uh, rosary and a lot of that was not allowed to be in her room and so you brought it up and was it then uh, taken away it was taken away and did you ever learn the reason why it was taken away one thing that I remember is they were worried that the host was going to be poisoned that the body and blood was going to be yeah. poisoned with what 
With what? Yeah, you know, what was supposed to be in it? That was... I have no clue what they were worried about. Okay. Well, did you ever learn through the course of this that they believed that somehow Beata was slipping ketamine to her daughter through the holy water and wafers? Object. Uh, lack of foundation. No. Overall, they I know it didn't happen, but did you It learn? didn't happen. No, it did not happen. But, yes, they had all different ideas of theories. Theories, yes. So Jack claims that there was a lot going on behind the scenes, things that he didn't consent to, things that he and Beata didn't even know was happening. Were you informed that they planned to test her as to whether she could actually get up and walk around by placing the commode just out of reach. Objection, predicate, and foundation. Overall. It was the, the commode and also the phone. They would ring the phone, see if she would answer the phone. Were, were both of those... Out of reach. And both of those were out of reach? Yes. Had you been asked about this, would you have given consent or told no? Absolutely not. Now, obviously... This is disturbing, and it's tragic. But remember, this is a legal case, and this is only the plaintiff's version of events. The defendant, John Hopkins, they're going to have an opportunity to present their defense, cross-examine these witnesses, put in their own witnesses, say how they didn't do anything that was unreasonable, how their actions were justified, that they're not to blame for what happened. So we're going to continue, of course, to follow this case and the testimony of Jack Kowalski, as well as Maya who's also expected to testify, key witness here. And we're going to bring you any other major updates from the case. But we also want to let you know about something else that happened. You see, there was at one point a discussion of a possible mistrial. So last week, the Kowalski's attorney told the court that Maya may have been sexually assaulted while in the care of the hospital. Yeah. So Maya reportedly claims at one point a man in a doctor's coat came in and asked her to take down her underwear and looked at her before leaving. So now the plaintiffs want to add a battery claim to their lawsuit. The problem is, is that the jury was never questioned about their views on sexual assault. So it's too late to move forward with such a significant new claim in this case. In fact, the judge asked the plaintiff's attorney, are you asking for a mistrial right now? Meaning, are you asking to end the trial? And the attorney said he would discuss it with his clients. But for now, they're going to continue with testimony. All right, everybody, that's all we have for you right now here on Sidebar. Thank you so much for joining us. Please subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube, wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Jesse Weber. I'll speak to you next time.